We're back. As mentioned at the top of the show, our special guest on today's program is Al Franken, author, comic writer, performer, and for the past year, host of a successful talk show on the liberal Air America radio network. Al Franken's book, Lies and the Lying Liars Who Tell Them, was a huge bestseller in 2003 with a a team of Harvard kids ensuring that uh, the research for that volume was meticulously done. Al Franken's books and radio show have famously produced some strife with certain individuals on Fox TV and conservative radio outlets, but he's done well in his battles with the right. So much so that there's talk of his seeking to reclaim the Minnesota senatorial chair once held by friend, Paul Wellstone. We last reported to you on Al Franken after his October 23rd talk at the Zellerbach Auditorium at UC Berkeley, where he killed with tales from lies and the lying liars who tell them. That show, by the way, will be in our archives next week. We caught up to Al Franken at the Crest Theater in Sacramento after he broadcast his three-hour show from the Crest to the nation at large. Al Franken, welcome to Radio Parallel. Well, thank you very much. Um, First question I have is, how is your friendship with Bill O'Reilly holding up? It's certainly uh, no worse (laughs) uh, than it's been uh, since uh, the Book Expo and in LA what that was seemed to that that seemed to hurt the friendship no more double dates uh never never uh, double dated with the man never socialized with the man been on his show a few times before that happened and uh i guess uh, i won't be on again well you played an exchange uh, on your show several times this week with a caller who pointed out that o'reilly's claim to have been in combat was somewhat suspect since he'd never been in the military could you tell our listeners about that little episode well, yeah, O'Reilly has this habit, and he does this a lot, of saying, I've been in combat. I know what combat's like. And he never actually was in the military. Now, now his claim is, when he's been called on it, is that he was uh, a reporter in uh, South America, I guess during the Falkland Island War, and uh, in Central America, um, I guess during Nicaragua and El Salvador, and although you can't trust anything the man says, he says that it, it, that's when he was in combat. That, uh, but he never really explains that when he promiscuously uses, I've been in combat. And he makes it always sound like um, he was in the military and fought in the war. And um, so we happen to have uh, a tape that we like to play every once in a while where somebody called him on it. It was this guy, Roger, in Portland. Uh, Roger, Portland, Oregon, what say you? They were talking about uh, how you treat POWs, and O'Reilly did this thing where he went like, now I've been in combat, and all I got to say is if a guy in my unit, my unit, all right, (laughs) it's been captured, and we capture one of the enemy, I'm going to say to that guy, you better tell us where our guy is, and then his co-host says, or else, this is on his radio show. That's right, so uh, you know, you better tell. That's all I'm saying. Well, um, you had him asking a colonel, couple colonels on the show, or you had a tape well, where he's asking two colonels, and yeah. asking the colonel, have you been in combat? No. Well, he does this all the time. So, but anyway, Roger on that day, that was on his radio show said, uh, yeah, Bill, you just said you were in combat, that's right. But you've never, you were never in the military. No, I wasn't. I uh, was uh, in the in the uh, press. 
Well, it made it sound like you were in the... Why'd you say you were in combat? He goes, uh, because I was. It was a couple firefights. And then he says, well, you made it sound, sound like you were in the military. Well, uh, we've made it clear on many occasions. And he's never made it clear on any occasion unless he's been called on it. And this is the one time he was called on it. And then the guy says, uh, Roger said, uh, well, uh, you know, this time you didn't make it clear. I mean, that's not very fair and balanced. And he just, then just, O'Reilly just went nuts. He just went like, uh, hey, listen, Roger, you can just take your fair and balanced snippet and shove it, all right? All right? Because, uh, listen, Mr. Macho Man, you don't have the guts to do what I did down there. Enough said. And, you know, he still, keep, he still keeps doing it. He still keeps doing it. So then, like, last week, one of my researchers just happened to be watching it, and he did it again. I mean, we, I got a nexus, like, all the times he said he's been in combat. But he did it again, and it was, there was a story about this Marine who killed a, uh, a prisoner of war in a, a, a mosque in Fallujah. It was that, that Marine who shot the guy who he thought was... Uh, maybe had was booby trapped or had a gun and was anyway he he moved and he shot him and so there was a court martial I guess and or he was acquitted before there was a court martial so O'Reilly had this on, uh, show on it and he had two colonels on it and uh, two colonels were on the show and he goes uh, Colonel have you ever been in combat and the first one hadn't been in combat he was a lawyer he said no I haven't he said how about you Colonel and and there was another Colonel who had and he said yeah. And he said, well, then, as you know, because I've been in combat, that uh, the adrenaline is just going through your ears. And, you know, you got the gun. Now, oh, he also told Roger, yeah, I, I, I serve with a pencil, with a pen, <laughs> yes. not a gun. And that's why I, because uh, in the original thing about threatening the prisoner of war, you know, if you don't tell us, the prisoner, I don't know how you kill a guy with a pencil. G. Gordon Liddy, I think, knows. I think, I think you know how to do it, but I don't think if I were right. the prisoner, I'd be that scared of a guy with a pen. He said, or else, so maybe, maybe he means uh, he would write something nasty about it. <laughs> that could be. Al, what led to these, uh, these live broadcasts you're doing down the West Coast blue states with affiliates like uh, KSAC 1240 AM here in uh, Sacramento? Well, we've, we've actually, I think this is our fifth tour or something like that, and we've done red states and blue states and blue counties and red states and red counties and blue states so um right now west coast by its very nature is thank god blue uh you're getting feedback the al franken show is getting through to people in the red states uh some yeah yeah we get some gratifying um uh email we get some uh, people showing up at the shows we are in reno uh, nevada uh a couple, you know, a month ago, a couple months ago, and uh, people showing up who were, had been conservative, and now we're switching, and um, so, and and in other states too, like in uh, North Carolina, and um, it, it's gratifying, to, and it's also gratifying to hear from liberals who, you know, couldn't stand it after the election and uh, felt some relief being able to listen to us. Late uh, Paul Wellstone is a family friend of, of your family, and rumor has it, uh, well, more than a rumor, I guess, you're giving the Minnesota Senate to run some serious thoughts. Uh, tell us about that. Well, uh, I'm moving back to Minnesota, uh, probably at the end of this year, beginning of next. 
moving the radio show there. Um, I grew up in Minnesota. Uh, my parents stayed there, uh, and actually they were the ones that introduced me to Paul. And so I've always gone back to Minnesota, and like many Minnesotans, even though I was living elsewhere in New York for years when my kids were growing up, um, and for my career, which was Saturday Night Live for many years, uh, I've always considered myself a Minnesotan, and I hate what's happening in this country, and I hate to see uh, Norm Coleman as a senator in a seat that was held by Paul Wellstone, and th there's a tradition in Minnesota of great senators like Hubert Humphrey and Walter Mondale and Paul Wellstone, and a progressive liberal tradition that uh, I think is what Minnesota is about. And I, uh, I'm doing this radio show for the same reason, which is, uh, you know, I care about this country and I care about the direction we're going in. And uh, I care about the state of Minnesota and I hate, uh, I, you know, if, if, if someone emerges in Minnesota for 2008 that I think has a better chance of beating Norm Coleman, I will campaign for that person. Rush Limbaugh got his start here in Sacramento, and we hope that you don't hold us responsible for that. I don't. And that I uh, hope that you'll, you'll come back and maybe have a final word about uh, Rush, who I know is, you're a big fan of. Well, uh, I did write the book, Rush Limbaugh is a Big Fat Idiot and Other Observations. People have asked me why that title. Uh, at the time, at least anyway, uh, Rush was very, very, very fat. Just a huge, fat, enormously fat, fat, uh, morbidly obese man. A huge... Uh, huge gut and a, just a big fat ass. So that was the reason for that book. I hadn't heard the name Ovaltine in a while, but listening to your show this week, I, I was inspired. Well, I like that it's malt flavored. I like, you know, coming from Minnesota, we like our malts. We like them a little thick. We All like right. them thicker than Ovaltine. But we'll have a treasured place on the, uh, on the shelf. Thank you. Al Franken, thank you very much. If you're wondering who that voice was asking that additional question to Al Franken, that was James Israel, the editor of the Comic Press News. Thanks to James, we knew about this event, and thanks to James, we were able to get in there and, and get that interview, and we'll be, uh, we'll be speaking with him in, in the future. And, and in fact, I think if all goes well, we will have a printed, uh, James will have a printed transcript of that in his June edition of the Comic Press News. We are grateful for the chance to interview uh, Mr. Al Franken for this program. Um, Back in October of 2003, we slapped a copy of Radio Parallax in front of him and said, uh, when you get that liberal network going, uh, you're going to want us on your team. Well, Al still hasn't called, and <laughs> even after renewing our acquaintance today, I decided not to really push for that, because the truth is, um, I'm actually quite happier being here on KDVS, where we have complete editorial freedom, and we don't have to sell any Ovaltine. In fact, I, I hope that was clear in the last part. I, I brought out a, 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 a bottle, a container, I guess, of, of, of Ovaltine for Al to sign, and uh, everybody sort of chuckled. But uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, that's got for me to be the worst part of listening to 1240 AM, the Ovaltine commercials. As my mom pointed out to me many years ago, people will try Ovaltine once. My producer's indicating that he, he actually likes Ovaltine. Obviously, some of you do because it sells 
pretty well. You go to any store, you'll find it on the shelves. I don't know. I guess I speak for those Americans, uh, perhaps, well, not only the Americans who hate asinine commercials, but maybe those who don't like malted milk balls and malteds and uh, stuff that has malt flavor. If you're going to put malt flavor in something, have it be beer, in, in my opinion. But anyway, Ovaltine, Ovaltine is a pretty, pretty dreadful beverage as far as I'm concerned. But I am going to keep that container for next year's pledge drive here at KDVS. If you want to have an actual container of Ovaltine with Al Franken's signature on it, well, I guess you'll have to wait till April. Well, you know what? No, no, I take it back. Well, I'll talk to the general manager. We'll see if we can auction that off uh, for, for a contribution to, uh, to KDVS. But otherwise, you may have to wait till next April. We, uh, we were glad for the interface between uh, non-commercial FM KDVS and, uh, and commercial uh, KSAC 1240 uh, AM. And so uh, I wanted to, 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 to you know, have a word with the person that made, uh, made that possible. So we, we, we snagged her. All right, joining us now is Marinda Johnson, who's Assistant Programming Director at AM 1240 KSAC. Welcome to Radio Parallax, Marinda. Thank you. You guys have put uh, quite a bit of work into this uh, this show here that went live to the nation. Yeah, pretty much. It was a lot of work, but it paid off. It was uh, it was a show enjoyed by all, it seems. Yeah, it was a great show. The audience really interacted with the show, and everything went great. You guys were here, what, 4 a.m. to set this up at the Crest? Uh, we, yeah, it was the early morning start for everybody, so just getting everything set up and having it go through, commercials, breaks, news, so it all ended up going together. Now, this, this tour, did this come from, like, the affiliates, like you guys? Did you guys tell Al we'd love to have you come out, or was this, this come from the top down? No, it, it was us. It was our decision. We wanted, you know, it was our anniversary, and we decided to have Al be our featured host guest for our show. This does mark one year that uh, that 1240 now has been doing Air America. Yes, yes, one whole year. Talk City's in Sacramento bringing Air America here. Well, congratulations on that and, and your good work, and we hope that you'll keep it up. Thank you, and everybody continue listening. 1240 Talk City AM. All right, and you're welcome to come back on our show anytime as well. Anytime, <laughs> yes, thank you. All righty. That was Marinda Johnson, Assistant Program Director at uh, KSAC 1240 AM, and we're grateful for her uh, helping make uh, possible our interview with Al Franken after his, uh, his uh, broadcast from the Crest. We, uh, we do quite different programming here at our public affairs uh, uh, lineup on KDVS than Air America, but, you know, on the other hand, uh, there are quite a few similarities as well. And, uh, you know, in terms of progressive voices out there, I'm, I'm fond of quoting Ben Franklin, uh, who said at the time of the British Revolution that, uh, you know, we all need to hang together, or we'll all surely hang separately. I've been exchanging emails with Christine Kraft uh, in effort to get her to come to talk to uh, to you, the listening public, here on uh, ninety point three FM, and uh, she unfortunately is still uh, preoccupied with her her ill uh, father. But uh, I'm optimistic that at some point she will uh, come and speak with us, and uh, that'll that'll be a good thing. I think it'd be great for the uh, the progressive voices on AM and FM to uh, you know here in Sacramento and Sacramento Davis to uh, to collaborate more. It's been a very happy thing that we became pals with the good people over at the Capital Public Radio. And uh, and speaking of that, on next week's program, we're going to bring uh, someone from the California Aggie, Catherine Ahn, who's currently uh, working as an intern over at uh, KXJZ, Capital Public Radio, and she'll be talking to us about the Aggie, some awards that the Aggie has received, 
and uh, what it's like going from uh, from UCD over across the causeway to to work in uh, an NPR affiliate should be good. But that about does it for this segment. You are listening to Radio Parallax on KDVS 90.3. FM. I'm your host, Douglas Everett, and stay tuned for our third segment, where I think we're going to do, uh, let's do some science. Yeah.